From zero COVID to zero freedom? Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Stratus IP studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholshow.com forward slash Stratus IP, Stratus IP, business technology simplified. All right, well, let's talk about this zero COVID policy stuff. Now, go back to April, March 2020 here on the program. We were talking about this. What what should the approach to dealing with COVID-19 be? Should we do what the Chinese were doing? And that is approach this zero COVID mentality, locking down society to keep us all safe? Or should we take on some assumed risk, understand that there are old folks out there or those who are higher risk who are going to be more at risk for COVID? And then if you're younger or more healthy, you're going to be less at risk for this thing. So use caution. What should we do? And we saw this conversation break down here in America. It's still carrying forward to today. We had relationships, friendships, families just split apart because of this divisiveness on this very issue. And then you look at China. China brought up as the model of what we should be looking towards as how to approach handling COVID-19 and using their lockdown model because, well, they had zero COVID cases, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Fast forward almost three years. Oh my God, three years later and China still is promoting this zero COVID uh, mentality and approach from the government while the rest of the world has seemingly moved on and now it seems like a lot of folks in China have had enough and to be able to talk about what's happening right now in China with all the uh, the, the protests, riots taking place. Jason Loftus from China Unraveled returns to the program. Jason, what's going on, my man? China's been going crazy. Yeah, it's been pretty, pretty nuts. I mean, we're going to dive into it, but there are major protests going on around China like we haven't seen in quite a while. There's great controls on it, too, if you're the Chinese government, but it's it's a real live situation it, this this kind of feels eerily like tiananmen square um 1989 all 1989 all over again but to hit the rear you're right yeah it was 1989 that was a big year yeah no big year it was fall you know the soviet space was collapsing china was worried about something similar happening in china justifiably and they did a massive crackdown but that is what we're actually seeing is a very it's more ominous, actually, even than Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen Square was localized in Beijing, and it was big. You know, there's tens of thousands of people there, and it's a, it was a major protest. This is systemic across the current Chinese state. Mm. It is a totally different level of crisis for the Chinese government, and it's at a very different stage in their development, right? That was early on. That is, China is backwards, coming out of the Cultural Revolution. It's coming out of the Maoist era. They are trying to become a capitalist state they had a game plan for what to do and you know they used what was going on in eastern europe as a as help to try and you know align them back onto their their path to basically get wealthy and they don't have that anymore the chinese economy is in total shambles and they're they're wondering about what to do and their options are really really bad 
we jumped the gun. I, I I wanted to get right into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. We're talking about China, obviously, going from zero COVID policy 2020 to where we are to today. Um, and I started jumping into now Chinese history and where we got to uh, to where we started with this approach. But let's kind of rewind a little bit. Jason, you're joining the program once again to talk about what we're happening over in China. But you join us. You're the host of uh, it's China Unleashed, a f- podcast focusing on all that's happening in China, both from a historical context, but also what's happening nowadays and uh last time you were on the program we were kind of at the very beginning of what was happening with covid and you fast forward to where we are to today and this kind of all was really the spark and i hate the the use the word spark because it was actually a fire that launched off these a lot of these protests that took place in china where you had i think it was 10 people perish because they were quite literally not just locked in their homes welded in their homes, welded, the doors welded shut by government government officials and were unable to get out of their homes. And you could hear them screaming for help in these videos that were released. And that just sparked national outrage in China. So, and you mentioned this, this is not localized. It, it started localized, but this zero COVID policy has been across the entirety of China, impacting literally over a billion some odd people. And now you're seeing the, the turn away from folks being I'll say okay with this, but more so just kind of going along because they didn't know what else to do and now starting to fight back, Jason. Talk to us about what what has really been the change. Was it this one event or has this been growing over the past few years? Sure. So first, let me give everybody context about me. This is the second time on the show. I'm really happy to be back. My name is Jason Sheftel. Um, lawyer is like kind of a pseudo economist. And what I've been doing for years now is basically providing consulting services for a whole swath of companies that are trying to deal with their own local operations in the United States, and then also how to deal with all the changing factors in the broader geopolitical context, specifically focusing on China. In the last few years, I've been really moving to helping people on the ground find better strategies for actually what to do, not just provide this view from 30,000 feet, but also like, all right, now how do we climb this specific mountain for our business, for our personal service operation? That is, is what I do. And yeah, we were. I was on here a long time ago talking about it, and things have really moved forward. They really changed, and it has really become a much more dangerous situation. So, like you said, this is not just a small local issue, right? The city Urumqi in that that really horrible incident happened in with the people welded in their their homes. That was in far western China, right? Far, that's thousands of miles away. You know, you're talking New York to Los Angeles type distances. So that is, first of all, just a sense of the scale of what's going on. And yeah, Americans don't realize that in China right now, we're looking at a situation that is worse than the lockdowns and the cascading problems that we had back in early 2020, right? This is a a country that has not solved the public health crisis and is using, using massive authoritarian measures to try and do it. It's implementing those measures with a ruthless hand at the local level using a whole system of very shady things in our mind. And what's happening is you have these horrific situations. You have people in apartment complexes just that just get locked in. They're like, all right, the, 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 this apartment block been locked down. Can I go outside? There's, I mean, it's dystopian. Dystopian is the word for what China has looked like for the last two years. And in the, the reason why is zero COVID. I really want to give people some context on zero COVID just really quick because no one even understands like what's up. Right. Why are they still doing this, right? <laughs> Just what's going on? And the real reason, the core reason is they don't have vaccines at work. They don't 
have vaccines that work. The ones they try to develop locally, they, they're gar- they were garbage. They, they weren't able to do what they needed to do. They couldn't get the foreign ones. They're actually too proud in a lot of ways to get, let's say, a Pfizer, a Moderna vaccine, one that they knew worked. It would be updated at, at a reasonable schedule. And so they have almost no uh, natural immunity across the population. Yes, China did lie about early COVID, but it did use authoritarian measures to eventually clamp it down. Yes, there were way more deaths and all that, um, but there isn't actually a natural immunity throughout the population. So now that COVID is rampaging through the country, people are going to die. And so we have information controls, again, about who's dying, how much, and all this. And people are seeing it, right? They're seeing the terrible measures going on that are leading to people dying in their homes. And there's also people literally dying from COVID. And then finally, you had the World Cup where people, they saw outside of China that there are people not wearing masks and going at the big events. And excuse me, the Chinese government is just, it's basically, it's playing whack-a-mole with all of its lies. And this isn't North Korea in the sense that, you know, this is over a billion people, right? Trying to keep this together within controlling everything, every single facet of every piece of information, of every story, it's not going to work. And so this will collapse. I'll you know tell the audience now, we are seeing, this is, the doom is approaching for China. This is really the scale of what we're going to see. No one's ever seen anything like what we're going to see. The rise of China was really epic and the fall, the collapse really is going to be even more spectacular. Hmm. Okay, so that, whew, you set me up right there for, I, I kind of see this going away now because we talked about this beforehand. Like, is this the end of China? And we've been talking about this here in America. Like, are we watching the fall of the American empire from within the inner turmoil, politically speaking, culturally speaking. And I see a lot of folks, particularly in the more, the the like rah-rah GOP camp, look at China as like China, as the main threat. <laughs> and, and yet, to your point, China is actually having a lot of its own problems, a lot of it economically speaking to start, but now we're seeing the crack in, in the armor when it comes to a lot of the cultural stuff where they're losing the, the top-down control that they once had. So I guess you set us up there and you're maybe you're seeing it this way as you're you're you know obviously more involved in the, the conversation as it pertains to what's day-to-day in China, but is this the end of China? And if so. What happens next? In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, I mean, so you know, smart manufacturers, they have already seen the the writing on the wall here, right? You zero COVID was really something that it was really the a lot of really in a lot of ways, it was the the nail in the coffin here. Mm. So the companies that were smart and moved out before this really got chaotic are gonna benefit. But the nature of zero COVID means you had rolling uh shutdowns in manufacturing centers across the country. This is so disruptive to uh, industrial output, it's almost ridiculous. I mean, this is like having rolling blackouts, but right. the worst, you have ports that get shut down, you have uh, intermodal distribution centers, you have energy facilities, you have so many things that get hit by by the zero COVID policy. Like we saw massive protests at the, the iPhone facility, mm. right? This is, and it's, there's no answer. There's no answer to COVID if you don't have vaccine. 
and you're trying to have endless, um, endless shutdowns. It just, it's actually economically disastrous. So it is a real part, but it's only one part of this, this whole problem. Like China has so many cascading and interlocking problems that by themselves, like one of which by itself could destroy the, the state. We're looking at so many. We are looking at financial problems across the, the really bloated uh, Chinese financial sector. There's the real estate sector, people shouldn't forget, is imploding and is about a third or more of Chinese GDP. There are, obviously, there's these public health crises and the, the quality of the Chinese healthcare system is atrocious. Again, 1.3-ish billion people and there's no healthcare infrastructure equivalent to what you see in the United States not just for something like hospital beds, but mm. for, for basic care, right? Right. And so COVID, it, you know, the Chinese government knows that if COVID you know, spreads, millions of people will die. And so they've been trying to avoid that, not because basically to protect their own authority. And the collapse, basically we got the collapse of the Chinese economic model going on right now. Not only do you have the, uh, the onshoring going on in the United States, the massive uh, economic and trade attacks that have increased under Biden, as opposed to Trump. Uh, there really, are really quick. Just pause. Just just to pause. Like that was so funny because back in 2020, it was the exact opposite. Biden was like saying that we were going to do less when it came to China. And you're, to your point, he's, he's taking what Trump did and ramped it up times 11. It's just it's that's funny. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's 100 percent true, and it's funny too because you can't listen to you can't actually listen to what the politicians are saying. But the, the core of what they're going to do these days is actually so similar. Yep. The, the policies of Biden and Trump on China are identical and, and escalatory. <laughs> it didn't matter. It was basically continue, continuation. And then it just he ramped it up way more. I mean, the recent attacks on the Chinese semiconductor sector have destroyed it. Right. I mean, people who don't quite realize it is dead. It is dead. You cannot produce high quality um, world beating chips in China anymore. Basically. Which, which really so, quick, that might open up China wanting to, I don't know, invade Taiwan, who happens to have, I don't know, lots of super uh, conductors or chip conductor uh, factories. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, the problem is they won't be operable. So there's no answer. You can't answer. That's actually one of the, the funny things is like if they actually hit Taiwan, it would destroy all those facilities. Right. They would, and they would not have the, the skilled labor to actually operate any of them. So it'd be a disaster. And it's hundreds of billions of dollars. It would actually lower the number of chips they had access to. And so they actually have access right now, which is fine to a lot of chips, but they can't do the development. They can't actually leapfrog American technologies anymore. The US is closing all the seals. And we are also showing, China had this whole fantasy that it would conquer Taiwan and the US would, wouldn't get involved and it would just sort of make it a fait accompli. It would just do it really quick and Japan wouldn't do anything and uh, South Korea wouldn't do anything and Taiwan would just cave and the United States would figure out, oh, you know, we can't stop China. No conflict in Ukraine is showing us what the United States is willing and going to do. And it's destroyed the Chinese uh, strategic policy towards Taiwan as well. That is gone. And Xi's ability to actually implement it, it would lose, China would lose one third to one half of its military capacity if it tried to destroy Taiwan, if it tried to invade Taiwan. It just would not succeed. Do you think they would use nukes though? I mean, isn't that a real threat? This is like Russia. I mean, the the WMB, uh, WND thing is been kind of taken out of context. Biological chemical weapons suck from a military perspective. They don't work well. They, they disperse and you can't control them. It's actually, it's a, it could be a terror weapon, but it's completely useless if you're a, a major state. Like we realized this back in the 1960s and 70s, like it's just not useful for powerful militaries. Nukes are a bit different, but uh, 
China has so many internal problems that if you start nuking other Chinese people that you say are Chinese and part of the Chinese nation, um, that's a great way to just accelerate the destruction of the Chinese state. Uh, and it also it wouldn't you the real challenge for China is actually occupying and taking over the island, and that requires the a massive uh, naval mobile uh, combined arms joint operation to basically take over this island. That is the most complex military operation you can do. Mm. No one's done it in over 50 years. They have no experience to do it. And also the U.S., I mean, there's a couple of strategies you could do that would make it impossible. They actually won't have the ships to bring over the troops, to bring over the fuel, to, be, to, to you know, advance the beachheads, do any of it. It would be, it would be a humiliating disaster that would probably end uh, Chinese uh, CCP rule, almost certainly. And they, they know that at this wow. point. So. so I guess then it goes to my... Uh... Follow-up question of, I guess, so what is next? Do you see this kind of being the path forward in terms of, this is inevitable, that China, the CCP rule, it's it's coming to an end? And if so, what do you see China looking like, let's say, over the next 10 years? Will it be a shell of its former self or will it be something brand new? It's going to be turning into, God only knows what, is it going to be the, the, a worse version of itself? China is returning to the way it's always been. So China, forget everything we've learned about modern economics and politics. China has always been the same thing. It's been a place of imperial rule, uh, typically one man rule whenever it's successful, the new founder of whichever empire or the like basically the grandson, of the founder of an old empire, and they managed to keep it together. And then in between that, you have basically uh, horrific internal violence. This is the story of Chinese history, right? You actually, it looks like, oh, all these beautiful dynasties stacked one after the other. It's so orderly and, um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's so orderly and beautiful. It's like a, a China is just this like state. It's all almost like a phoenix it just rises from the ashes one after the other and there's this new chinese state that is such garbage it is actually mostly total chaos and the reason you get these massive states you could get into it some other time the reason you get these massive states is because of the the internal political and economic dynamics in china which are really really difficult you actually need a powerful uh, totalitarian state to even try and keep the thing together otherwise it wouldn't stay together uh, it's not like other countries. It's and this is really something where people we're at the point now where if you've been avoiding American politics and forgetting what the left don't want to hear what the left says or the right says, that's probably the right thing to do. But to understand other countries, you know, we need a much broader um, understanding of like what is possible with politics. And a place like Russia and China, they've actually been the exact same thing for China's case to you know at least two thousand years, Russia's case at least five hundred years, and that's the way they're going to stay. And in China's case, it means. Um, unimaginable uh, internal chaos. Th that's where things are headed. So Ukraine showed us that the world is like returning to form and we're going to have major conflicts between nations, that there's going to be struggles over resources, all this stuff that's kind of been out of our mind, out of sight, out of mind since the 90s, you know, and the end of the Cold War. Yeah, that's all done. What's going to happen in China is going to be 10x worse than, at least an order of magnitude worse than what we see in Ukraine because they're going to have trouble feeding themselves. They're going to have trouble getting the fuel to maintain all of the massive industrial systems they've built. And the answer to a lot of this is going to be who who gets to survive. And the, the remaining areas of, authority, of central authority or government authority at all are going to have to make really, 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 really tough decisions about who, who lives. This isn't going to be a place where you're going to see anything like a functional state like we've seen. And it's not going to be a pleasant place at all.
Fun. All right. Well, there's all the good things to look yeah. forward to. Uh, well, that, with that being said, uh, time for final thoughts. And uh, obviously, I'll, I'll kick things off here. Folks, th- these are important conversations, right? Like learning about what's happening over in, in areas that we frankly don't really get to see behind the scenes of what's happening to be able to have these conversations. Yeah, let's keep doing that. And if you want to support shows like The Brian Nichols Show, well, it requires you to do so with your dollars. So please if you want to support today's program, Show.com forward slash support. You can become a recurring supporter at $5 a month, or you can do a one-time donation, $5, $10, $20, $100, whatever you can do. It goes right back into the program so we can have, yes, amazing guests like Jason here on the program. Uh, so yes, one more time, Show.com forward slash support. That's my final thoughts. And then where you can find me at B Nichols Liberty, Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, Truth Social, you name the platform, I'm probably there. And then uh, for YouTube, uh, Rumble, and Odyssey, you can go ahead, please, when you're there, hit the subscribe button and that little notification bell so you don't miss a single time. We go live. Jason, final thoughts for us. And of course, where can folks go ahead and follow you if they want to continue the conversation? Sure. Guys, the main final thought here is even though everything I've said about China is really depressing, the net effect of it for the United States means likely one of the largest industrial and broader economic expansions that we've seen in a very, very, very long time. So there's massive opportunity in the United States, right? Uh, A lot of the industrial output that is failing and disappearing in Europe due to energy shortages and that is failing in in, about to fail in China due to massive political dislocations. I mean, this is going to one place on earth and that's, that's the United States. So there are huge opportunities if you're interested in that side of the equation and less of the miserable what's going on in the rest of the world side, definitely reach out. You can find me on YouTube. Look for Jason Sheftel. That's J-A-S-O-N-S-Z-E-F-T-E-L. I have a podcast, China Unraveled. There'll be a lot more content on there. And then I also have two companies. There's something called Zuma Consulting. This is where I've worked with businesses over the last five years to help them navigate all these challenges going on, try and create a business strategy that goes forward. And then you can also check out Rodero Media, which is a uh, digital marketing and sales development agency that's been actually giving really cool new modern strategies for these companies that have actually been asking like, hey, this is really great. The world is this. That's really, really nice to hear. But what do we actually do right now? And so that's where I've been helping give some answers on that front. But thanks again, Brian. It's been a really great conversation. Absolutely. Jason, thank you for joining us. And folks, you got some value today. Do me a favor. Go ahead. Give today's episode a share. When you do, I will include all the links aforementioned in the show notes, go to briannickleshow.com where you can find, okay, listen, I know 95 some odd percent of you guys are the ones who listen over on podcasts. You're missing the video version of the show. You're like, where can I find it? No worries. All those links, plus the transcripts, plus all social media links, all available in the show notes over at briannickleshow.com. You can find that. And plus, I will include uh, some of our awesome episodes here last week. And plus, uh, YouTube's going to recommend a a video just for you. So go ahead, click one of the two links that's here on screen. They will bring you to some awesome videos with, of course, some awesome guests who will leave you what? Educated, enlightened, and informed. But with that being said, that's how we're going to end things on our Monday. Thank you to Jason Sefto for joining the show. But with that being said, Brian Nichols signing off. We'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. 
Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation. And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.